Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Adrenaline, written by Grey Wolfen. The research had been checked and double-checked. The results could not be denied. As much as all wished it not to be so, the science was irrefutable. Now came the time to announce the results of all of the money and time. Craig walked up to the podium and assembled scientists, the military leaders waiting to hear what new wonder drug had been created. Respected beings, as you are all aware, we have been testing and researching the human biochemical adrenaline in the hopes of duplicating in our other species. Obviously, the differences in biology and physiology make direct copies useless or lethal. A brief muttering passed through the crowd as the explanation for the obvious. We have successfully created several comparable compounds for at least five of the races whose body types would benefit from the effects. Every single test has been a failure. The chemicals are absorbed and processed, but the super serum does not work, regardless of the type of individual biochemistry. At this grim complaint, the mutterings were wasted time and money could be heard throughout the audience. Please, please, the reason we have called this meeting is not to tell you of the failures, but to warn you why they have failed. This is of critical importance to those of you in military uniforms, if you think they're waging war against the humans. We have been operating under the assumption that adrenaline is a super drug that increases the human strength, stamina, and other physical abilities. It does not. The truth is far, far more terrifying. All it does is remove the normal limits of the human body. Let me repeat that. The drugs do not work because they remove limitations. Every other race is already working at max capacity. Humans are not. End of story. Story number two. Ancient Evil, written by Hardlight Serial. The Dragon Awoke. It had slumbered in its lair for a millennium, atop a gleaming mountain. No gold lay in its hoard, for dragons are not subject to the raven-like desires of humans. The mountain-like heap was of bones, picked clean, polished by the hands of whimpering goblins, who had been slaughtered upon completion of their grim task. The dragon lazily looked upon the mountain, reflecting on the bones' acquisition. It did not think of how they had been polished, for the lives of the goblins were but an annoyance to it, and a convenience when the drudgery need be done. Instead, it reflected on the humans that had died to build this. It had killed each one in the score of murders. Some bones were splintered, evidence of its great maw. Others bore a blackening beneath their shrine, as if they had long ago been scorched by a great fire. Some had been bludgeoned by its tail, others simply trampled in a rampage. H told the story of Dragon's cruel fury. 
After assembling the sword, the dragon had been fat and bloated with the meat of corpses. Waking now, it was twice its previous size and barely fit within the chamber. Its teeth had grown sharper through some dark magic and its breath hotter. It could not be possible for a dragon to grow crueler or more evil, but that is no mercy. The dragon stretched, ancient muscles suffering from atrophy. It beat its wings once and shot forward to the chamber entrance. Its red eyes traced a familiar path through the mountains, and at last it neared the exit. Their air graced its lungs, and its heart beat faster. It would take its toll in mankind, and then sleep once more. When the dragon emerged, it faced an army, clad in steel, soldiers without number, and they did not wield swords. They drove tanks, an armada lying in wait. Radar technology had tracked the dragon's emergence, and a score of aircraft launched their missiles as they sighted it. Each tank fired in unison, and a thousand explosive shells raced through the air. Even as they approached, landmines detonated beneath the dragon, and snipers pulled their triggers. The dragon was slain, the ancient evil not sealed, but at last felled. Evil stands alone. We don't. End of story. Story number three, the third option written by three ducks in a man suit. Above, it was in the light, hard-baked into the holy radiance flowing perpetually from the almighty creator beyond the great veil. Kamayal could feel the time eminent. All angels could. The ox that led them sang the praises of the Lord, bathed in the glowing pillar that blessed them. Their song changed. The time for praising the Lord was over. The time for action in his name had come. The host armed itself. A million angels cheered as the vanguard took up their weapons. Blessed devices of righteous fury that would smite the ancient foe. Finally, the angels stood as one. The ox at the head and heart. The angels as its arms. The eyes and the ears. Amael drifted with the flow, reveling with her brothers and sisters, brandishing her sword and bearing enraptured witness to the glorious sight of the light mixing with that of the host. It was time for heaven to descend. Below, the master awakened. The rousing had been slow with every creeping second that heralded the end of his ten thousand year slumber. The fires of hell burned just that much stronger. The demons felt their blood boil that much hotter. The twisted forms of flame and shadow danced around his resting place as the magnificent form of the Prince of Darkness stood tall. His arm raised high, and clutched within it was a mighty sword of Lucifer. Nabarius felt the agony of hell roll over him and let his eyes roll back, relishing ecstasy. The demon screeched at the burning air of pure excitement as the morning star ravaged the barrier between worlds, bridging the gap and directing the legions of hell to pour on through. The challenge had been issued, and hell was going 
to war. Between. The operator on shift double-checked the readings, then checked them again. He called his supervisor to verify the signals coming from above and below, orbital satellites and subterranean sensors simultaneously registering movement converging on the desert edge. There was no doubt the supervisor picked up the red phone. Moments later, a man in a much fancier uniform nodded his head with a grim expression and turned to the button. The big red one. He flipped the plastic cover, exposing the button and the post-it note that someone had stamped onto it long ago. Four words in big capitalized letters. In case of apocalypse. He pressed it, and alarms began. The two armies met on the barren landscape, sand and rock as far as anyone could see. Human habitations only a stone's throw away. Undoubtedly the first of many to be caught in the crossfire. Unfortunate, thought the angels, but their souls would be in the care of God. Delightful, thought the demons, their souls would be delicious. The heavenly host and the infernal legions came from above and below to meet on the sands of the mortal plain. The lines were drawn up. The archangels came eye to eye with their demonic generals, Lucifer and Michael, the respective commanders of the two armies, each waited for the other, not willing to give up the element of surprise. Closer they drew, righteous fury meeting insatiable bloodlust, but before the lines could meet, the sound, a strange sound, an alien sound, a buzzing in the air. A drone like that of an earthly insect, but magnified greatly. When the whistle, an unquestionable noise of something descending with great haste. The angels and the demons alike turned with faces of trepidation to the sky to witness the great shape moving above them now with the earth bound. Several angelic hands came together in prayer. Was this... Was this a descent? Was the Heavenly Father himself showing his face to the earth for the first time since Genesis to end the senseless war of his creations? The demons roared in response, shouting their defiance that had seen them cast into hell. Both armies were still staring stupidly at the sky when the first daisy cutter landed. General Randall wasn't big on screens. A streak of traditionalism ran through him that demanded to see the action with his own eyes, if at all possible. That was why, when Operation Apocalypse never had gone into action, he had insisted on having a front-row seat in the mobile command center, viewing the scene through binoculars. He couldn't keep away a tiny grin of satisfaction as the great supernatural armies were welcomed to Earth with a rain of good old-fashioned fiery made-in-American death and destruction, courtesy of the international forward-monitoring base positioned at the anticipated meeting points between the Hellmouth and the Gates of Heaven. He couldn't hear the screeching of the demons and angels over the more dominant explosions and angry droning of the A-10s moving in to mop up the unfortunate stragglers. But he liked to imagine a chorus of pathetic whining and begging for mommy. Likewise, he had largely lost sight of them in the titanic cloud of dust and debris kicked up by some of the biggest bombs known to man. 
But he, I could largely guess what lay at the core of the now mostly significant quantity of wings, claws, scales, and other bits of divine and infernal body parts flying through the air in a messy paste. He grabbed the radio. All right, that'll do for the bombing. Keep the A-10s in orbit around the kill box. Send in the Blackhawks. Let's get some boots on the ground. Time to meet our makers. Kamayal had been disappointed to find herself positioned at the back of the vanguard. There would be no glory for her to be had. The battle might be largely over by the time her sword was allowed to taste demon blood. Oh well, there would be many chances in the war that followed. Her position had been the only thing to save her when the bulk of the army had been blown to giblets by an unknown force. Her feet hadn't even touched down when the blast of superheated air sent her careening head over heels, wings useless, and limbs flung about herself out of control. Her sword was torn from her grip. She felt herself collide with brothers and sisters in a similar disarray. Finally, she landed on hot sand, arms twisted at an angle that she didn't like, and pain surging through every corner of her body. Her eardrums had been shattered by the ungodly noise. The holy light quickly repaired the damage. She came to regret that as the desperate screaming and thunderous brrrt noise dominated the air. She couldn't see. Dust filled her vision. She tried to stand, feeding her mulched bones knit themselves back together, and burning flesh sloughing off her quickly growing back, the light within her doing its job. Then... The corpse of one of her brothers, parts of it torn off by some ferocious attack, landed on her from above, bending her to the earth. With little else she could do, she took a deep breath and added her voice to the chorus of screams. The agony of hell was a joke. The constant burning fires of the abyss was a pleasant tickle. The cruel whips of the punishers that enforced the will of the morning star were loving caresses. Multiple colors of blood were caked onto Nabarus's ravaged skin, mixing with the sand of the desert. A line of projectiles had drawn across the landscape. Every team that they met was turned into a red mist. A single metal object moving faster than the eye could see had clipped his shoulder, and his entire arm had been ripped off, as if the Dark Lord himself had struck him down. It was a miracle that he was still alive. Now he could only crawl away from the carnage and whimper, wondering what had happened here. As the explosions died down, a new noise dominated the dust bowl, a rapid wop-wop-wop sound coming from somewhere above. The already stormy sand blew around even more furiously as a cool, almost forgiving wind brushed the demonic general's back. He wondered briefly if God was descending after all. Was he about to be granted clemency for his heresy, or just mercy of a quick erasure from creation? He could hear more noises now, like the rattling explosions that heralded the metal projectiles, but smaller and more numerous. And... Closer. He felt footsteps by his head, then the boot shoved him over onto his back. Facing up now, he finally could see the architects of fate for both heaven and hell on this day. It was a squad of camouflage-clad humans wielding wicked-looking angular metal devices, all pointed at his face. 
As one of them whipped out a pair of metal restraints, glad to have found a living captive, another lowered the cloth that covered his mouth to reveal a smile. With his gift for tongues, Nubarus understood his words perfectly. Welcome to Earth. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.